Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your hey, Andrew. Hello there, Edwin. Happy birthday. Thanks, man. Thanks for remembering. How, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remembered. You're not even on Facebook. How am I supposed to remember if you don't tell me? That's a that's a good friend that remembers when a person's not on Facebook. <laughs> that's right. It's my birthday. Oh, but seriously, happy birthday, man. Another year has gone by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh boy, Thanks, we could man. spend we could spend a whole lot of time just reminiscing over the year and thinking it through and thinking about the next year, but this is text talk, not Andrew talk. <laughs> no, we keep it tight and we're all about the word of God. People expect this to be 15 minutes in and out. For eternal impact. Absolutely. So Matthew <laughs> chapter 17, they're coming down from the mountain. Yeah, Jesus was talking with them about John the Baptist yesterday, and we're going to, in our reading today, find that Jesus meets up with the rest of his disciples. So I'm going to be reading Matthew 17, verses 14 through 21 from the New King James Version. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, Have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For assuredly I say to you, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to the mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. One of the things that jumps out to me about this text is that... uh, well, a couple of things. The first of this that I remember when Jesus had sent them out earlier, there were powers given them that they would be able to cast out demons. Mm-hmm. And so I don't look at this situation as thinking this is the very first time his disciples had attempted to cast out demons or even cast out demons. And yet they were unable to successfully cast out this demon. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 1, before they went off on the limited commission, he gave them the authority to heal and cast out demons. As he, as he made them apostles, he gave them the authority to be able to do those things. Yeah, so it would have to be a... Uh, I noticed they go and ask him about this privately. Mm-hmm. A difficult faith-testing experience for his disciples. Um, Jesus has gone away from them up on the mountain with uh, Peter, James, and John, but, you know, ministry was continuing on forever how long they were up on that mountain. They're trying to do their work of teaching and healing and all such as this, um, but they, they hit a wall here. And the wall, I said a moment ago, a real test of faith, well, that really seems to be exactly what Jesus addresses is this problem of unbelief. And then I find that curious because I think, well, if anyone's believing in Jesus, surely it's his disciples. (laughs) And yet, and yet, let me take a tangent real quick and then let's come back to that because the way you described that about the issue of Jesus is up on the mountain, but the ministry of the apostles is continuing to take place reminds me of something that I read from Francis Schaeffer some time ago, as he highlighted that one of the things the Mount of Transfiguration demonstrates is that Jesus was actually here in 
time, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. space time, in history, he was, yes. events are going on. And the, the point that he made was, yes, Jesus is up on the mountain, but the rest of time didn't stand still. Mm. Yeah, that's right. And so, you know, the apostles are still working. So when Jesus comes down, there's events that have been going on. He actually lived in this life and, and the world was going on around him. All of these events all over the world are still happening while Jesus is in the world. Just just that highlight again of God limiting himself mm-hmm. as he and, and Jesus emptying himself of himself as he comes into this world and becomes subject to the rules and the laws that he imposed upon creation. I mean, you and I are sitting here recording this conversation, and there's all kinds of things yeah. happening well, you around know, us. People are listening to this right now, and they're driving. You know, they're, they're doing their work or their yard work, you know, maybe having a birthday party. I don't know. But there's life going on. Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus came into that and he was in the middle of that time and he lived as part of that, which which gets us back to, again, Christianity is not a mythology. Mm-hmm. It is not. Mm-hmm. Here are stories to try to explain things. Christianity is about events yeah. that happened in real time, in real places. There was stuff that was going on around them and interacted with them. And we really see that here. I appreciate that. That, that roots it in... And the reality that it is, these are historical documents. If we can come back now from my tangent there and talk about this faith, we've, throughout this week, we've made several connections back to Moses going up on the mountain. Yeah, we even found the word Exodus in Luke's account of this. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So we talked about Moses going up on the mountain and now connected Jesus with that going up on the mountain. Now Jesus is coming back down the mountain. You remember that first time that Moses went up the mountain to receive the law? Do you remember what he found when he came back down the mountain that first time? Well, I feel like the first time he came down the mountain, he found that all the Israelites had gone head over heels into idolatry and sin. So if you were going to... They created a golden calf and were worshiping it, and it was so rowdy and raucous, Joshua was concerned that the people had been attacked and there was war going on. So it was a pretty wild party. Pretty wild party. And so if you were going to, I don't know, sum up that generation, if you were going to describe that generation, maybe if you were just going to try to come up with two words that would describe that generation that Moses met when he came down the mountain, what what kind of words might you come up with? Would uh, Uh, words like faithless, idolatrous, twisted, adulterous, (laughs) adulterous, perverse, apostate. So Jesus comes down the mountain, and here in Matthew, the the man comes running up. I've been trying to get your disciples to cast out this demon, to heal my son, and they're unable. And Matthew's account, Jesus responds, oh, faithless and twisted generation. That's the ESV. I don't remember what the words were in the New King James. Perverse. Faithless and perverse. Faithless and perverse. Faithless and twisted generation. Jesus comes down from the mountain and comes headlong to the faithless and twisted generation, Mm. just as Moses came down Mm. from the mountain and came headlong smack into the faithless and twisted or faithless and perverse generation. With Moses, as you pointed out a moment ago, it was because of their idolatry. Even though they had witnessed and heard the voice of God from the mountain, sure. and the very first thing God had said to them was, no other gods, gods before, before me. me. Yeah. The second thing he said was, don't make graven images. So here are these first two commandments. And I mean, it's not even, what, days, weeks. And they, having heard that, now they're not abiding by it. Yeah. They are faithless and twisted and perverse, and they're going into this idolatry. 
Jesus comes down. He left apostles that he had given authority over demons and healing. And now he's come down and they're not able to do it. Yeah. And, yeah. and his reaction is faithless and twisted. And I guess I've already let the cat out of the bag on what I think on this, because the question becomes is, who is this generation that Jesus is complaining about? It's possible it's the man who's come asking, because Mark is going to say that this man comes and says, Lord, can you do this? If you can, would you cast out? And Jesus says, if you if, can, yeah. all things are possible for those who believe. And so I know that the, the so man the who's says, asking— I believe, help my unbelief. So I know that the man who's asking has his own faith struggles. Yeah, yeah. But when I'm just reading Matthew— it, Who does Jesus accuse of having faith struggles? Well, it seems it seems to be these disciples because when they ask about it privately, uh, he comes back to unbelief because, of, in fact, verse twenty because of your unbelief. Mm-hmm. And, and and I appreciate the fact that the New King James has that statement that we find in Mark and perhaps Luke, where that the the idea comes up with prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Yeah. Here's the idea: the apostles, despite having been given authority. It's almost like they've forgotten where that authority comes from. Where does the power come from? They should have been entreating God Almighty. They should have been entreating God and relying on God, yet apparently what they're doing now is relying on themselves. Mm. they've, They've turned their gaze away from God, which, by the way, is a whole lot like children of Israel saying, let's go after this statue, we'll call him Yahweh. But they, this, this struggle of faith that they're having and Jesus' frustration comes out, oh, faithless and twisted generation. So the faith in, in Matthews is, is the, here's the mustard seed moment, right? Mm-hmm. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you could speak to a mountain. Um, that evidently is not faith in yourself. Not at all. And it's not faith in faith. <laughs> and it's not faith in faith. It's faith in God. Faith in God. Even that much faith in God, which I, I think points to as you said a moment ago, this is misplaced faith. They were taking it on themselves to Mm -hmm. be able to do these things and not appreciating, no, no, it's God. Well, this is the problem from back when uh, Peter was walking on the water. Mm. You know, it's something that he can't do. He cannot walk on water, but there he is walking. What happened is he started looking around at the wind and the waves, and it's like he's now focusing on himself and what he can and can't do instead of Mm -hmm. faith in Jesus. Mm -hmm. So he starts to sink. Of course, His response is, let me turn back to Jesus, which is what our response always should be. Amen. Now, here's the point I think we really need to get from this. When Moses came back down from the mountain and he found the faithless and twisted generation dancing and playing before the idol, he follows that up with, now I'm going to go atone for you. And that's when he goes up and he prays to God to forgive them. And if if you have to, blot my name out of the book. Mm-hmm. And God says to Moses, that's not going to work. You can't do that. I'll, listen, I'll forgive who I forgive. I will punish whom I punish. You you can't you can't stand as the sacrifice and the atonement. But here we've got Jesus who now has been talking with Moses and Elijah about right, his exodus. Right. He's already told the apostles as he's coming down the mountain, don't tell anybody about this until I'm raised from the dead. Mm-hmm. We're starting to get all of that as we start piecing this together. What is Jesus' next step as he has come down and met the faithless and twisted generation? His next step is, got to go make atonement. Mm. There's going to be atonement made. And the difference between Moses and Jesus is Jesus can actually pull it off. Well, and that gets back to what we read and talked about yesterday, that he was actually speaking with his disciples on the way down the mountain about his death and his resurrection and the Elijah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so one final application, 
what we see is that Jesus is not causing a dividing line between those who measure up and those who don't. He's, okay. It's going to be who's going to turn around and put their faith in him. Mm-hmm. Because what we find is the faithless and twisted generation is not this man over here who's struggling to get a miracle. It's these disciples who can't seem to get it right. His closest is his inner circle, if you will, mm. who, who cannot seem to get it right. Who does he need to atone for? Everyone, yeah. including these guys. Yeah. And that means when he offers the atonement, it can also be for me. Yeah, and it is for me. You and me. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. Well, listen, happy birthday, pal. Hey, thanks, All birthday buddy. wishes can be sent to Andrew at texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. <laughs> Plus, we'd love to hear any of your other comments or whatever you're learning from Scripture. But we're going to wrap up with a prayer now. Holy God, thank you so much for the day. Thank you for another year for Andrew. And thank you for another year for so many of us as we're coming to the end of 2021. We pray that you would bless us, help us to take good stock, have a fearless and thorough inventory of this past year, and help us to kick off the new year that's coming in just a couple of days in a way that brings glory and honor to you. May we listen to your son from beginning to end in every way, because he is the one that has made atonement. Thank you for that atonement. And it's through his atoning sacrifice that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song, You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. You know what's better than hump day? <laughs> My birthday. Have you got your birthday socks on? <laughs> no, I don't have those on either. Oh. I need birthday socks, people. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm supposed to read it. You ready? Yeah, you might as well hit the timer. <laughs> I, I've been recording for about two minutes now. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you so much right now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <clears throat>